ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, October 20th. We are Take for Take Podcast. I am Austin. Joined with me, as always, Gage, Trent. Gage holding it out from the slew. Boys, how we feeling? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's nice to be back. Sorry I missed last week. Just had some uh, some priorities with school and, and being a dog dad that I have to take care of. But it's nice to be back. Um, excited to, to preview a, a decent slate. I, I consider it a pretty mid-slate, but we're getting yeah. into the nitty-gritty of the of the mid-season rankings and everything. So it'll be fun to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, Austin Gage, what's up? I, I just want to say... Um, I'm sure there's people listening all over the country, so I don't know how much they can relate. But this weather right now is phenomenal. Like it just it just feels like football outside. Um, I I went outside, just stood in my driveway for like ten minutes and just took it all in. So <laughs> I'm ready, man. I, I the funny thing is, I can like actually, I can legitimately see you doing that. Like it just get like it starts drizzling a little bit, and like the wind picks up, and Trent is just outside, oh. just. Oh, uh, just t- deep breaths, it taking not, it in. It doesn't get any better, man. It, it really doesn't. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy these like next six weeks while you can before it, it turns to shit. But um, yeah, this 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 is phenomenal stuff right now. It is absolutely football weather, and we are balls deep in football season, both NFL and on the college ranks. Um, we got a fun episode today. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of stuff going on. Um, kind of a different layout than what we and you guys are used to on Fridays. Um, we are going to do our previews. Uh, we have a handful of games, college and the NFL, that we're going to go over. Uh, Gage and I have some picks. Trent has uh, a few games that he's got his eye on. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk playoffs. Um, the first playoff rankings in college football come out on Halloween, which is in two Tuesdays. So two weeks or about a week and a half from when you're listening to this. Um, we did in our big two-part college football breakdown show before the season started. Um, not only did we pick conference winners, we did playoff picks, we did Heisman picks, we did player de- We did about every award that you can think of. And we are kind of at the point in the college season where every game matters, right? Every game, for example, this week at Ohio State, Penn State, obviously there's a world where both teams can still get in, but this game has implications on the playoffs. Last week, Oregon and Washington, right? Like Florida State, Clemson, a couple weeks. Like there's games every week that have playoff implications. So what I want to do is I kind of want to backtrack to our picks before the season. Kind of kind of tune in, touch base, kind of see where we are there. And kind of see what we use FanDuel. So we're going to use FanDuel for all of our references, all of our odds and everything like that we're going to compare what Fanduel has come uh to what we have if that makes any sense i know i just blabbered on for a good couple minutes there but trent i want to start with you brother i'm looking at our conference championship picks here i also have our playoff picks pulled up you had oregon in your three spot um three spot taken on ohio state as your two seed um, last week, obviously, when Noah happened, them going into Seattle, losing to Washington. Where are you kind of with? Where are you with Oregon? I mean, they're not completely eliminated, but are they still in your playoff horizons? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think. I mean, would it have been great to a game? Absolutely, but 
if your if your resume at the end of the year is or one loss and your one loss is at Washington by three points in a game they they really should have won, um, I think I think that's good enough to get in. Now it's going to be interesting with the Pac-12 to see you know who gets the berth to the to the conference championship games. We'll talk about that with the different conferences because that's so muddy for conferences and, and some have divisions and some don't. But the Pac-12 doesn't have divisions, so it's just going to be the two teams that get in. Oregon's schedule here, I mean, they're catching Washington State at a good time right now at home um, at Utah the next week, so that's going to be the toughest game they have remaining. But then they get Cal, USC at home, at Arizona, at Arizona State, and Oregon State to end the year at home. So... There's a, there's a real world where they went out here and um, get back to the Pac-12 championship game. Maybe they take Washington on again in the Pac-12 championship game. They win that, they're in. Um, so I'll feel good about feeling good about Oregon. Um, and, you know, what was my other picks for the, for the playoff there? I know I had Ohio State in there. You had – so we all had Georgia at the one and Ohio State at the two. Um, three and four is kind of when it varied for us, but your four seed was Penn State, and I want to hold off on that for just a little bit because we're going to touch on that when we preview this Ohio State Penn State game. But on the flip side, if you have an Oregon, I had Washington as my my three seed. Um, obviously, you guys more than anybody know how high I was on Washington coming in. Um, Penix, my um, Heisman winner, Kalen DeBoer, my coach of the year, and um, I had Washington winning the Pac-12 also. So that win against Oregon was obviously a huge help. But um, I also, yeah, this, I had Michigan. And I don't want to get into Michigan yet as my four seed yet. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But Gage, you had Texas at your three seed. Obviously, Red River showdown didn't go according to plan. I mean, I know you and I both had money on Texas, I believe. I did at least. But um, Yeah, I did too. They're not, they're not completely... Eliminated. I mean, they're still plus 230 to make the playoff. They're the same odds, or just under um, Penn State. Penn State at 270 to get in. But there's a they're, they're, Oklahoma and Texas are going to meet again in the Big 12 championship. I mean, I think that's pretty much given now. Both of their schedules are mediocre at best moving forward. They're, yeah, not, not difficult. <laughs> no, there's a real chance where that Big 12 championship could decide a playoff spot. And Gage, I'll let you go really quick, but I just wanted to mention, like, the Big 12 kind of sucks. And there's really two teams. This is going to muddy the playoff because mentioned, Oklahoma and Texas do not have difficult schedules to end the season. The winner of that game probably gets a playoff spot. Um, so it almost benefits a conference if they have two top teams and the rest of the conference sucks. They can just beat up the those two teams can just beat each other and get in. Um, man, like I, I just and we'll talk about it, but this is this would be the year for the twelve team playoff. Like there's so many scenarios this year. Might get crazy where be a team that's left out that there should have been should have been in the playoff. But Gage, go ahead. I, I know I stepped on your your picks there. No, you're good. You made a good point. Um, I feel like that's that goes for every year, though. I always feel like there's teams that are the, on, on that are on the outside looking in um, that feel as if they've earned a spot in the playoffs, and then they end up not getting the not getting the pick to get in. But um, 
Yeah, I think this just goes to show how much better it is if your conference isn't split up in the divisions. Um, you take the best two teams, have them meet again in the championship game at the end of the year. But, um, yeah, you guys mentioned it. It could get sticky when if Texas beats Oklahoma in the championship, um, in the Big 12 championship, who who gets the nod from there on out? You know what I mean? Oklahoma with the one loss to Texas and Texas with the one loss to Oklahoma. So it's going to be – it'll be dicey. Um I think during our preview, these were really the the top two teams in the conference, really only two teams in the conference that we thought had any shot at um, making the playoffs from that conference. So, yeah, Texas isn't out of it. I think Texas is going to play the rest of the year in desperation mode. Um, We'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about this weekend and their big spread against um, whoever they're playing. I can't remember who they're playing. Army. um, They play Army. Now they play Houston on Saturday as a 24-point favorite on the road. So yeah, I think, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at yeah. LSU's schedule. Um, so I think it comes down to Texas with style points, putting points up on the board, demolishing teams going forward um, to really get back on the map to to make this playoff hunt a little bit more interesting. So don't count them out yet. Um, I think we can all expect a, a rematch from that Red River Red River rivalry um, in the championship game, and I am beyond looking forward to that. So don't yeah. count out the Longhorns yet. The horns are, are crooked, but they're not all the way down. Yeah, there's also a world – my bad, Trent. There's also a world where, <clears throat> excuse me, if Texas does beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, you have Texas, the conference champion, one loss, and if Oregon beats Washington – in the big in the Pac-12 championship, so you have Oregon and Texas, both one-loss conference champions. Assuming Florida State, Georgia, and the Big Ten winner run the table, right? So there's your top three. You have Oregon and Texas, Penn, or uh, Big Twelve champions or uh, Pac- conference champions, and you got to take one of them. There's also a world where Alabama, believe it or not, wins out and they beat Georgia in the SEC. Like there's Trent, you are so right when like. The 12 team playoff would have been perfect this year because, but I, but at the same time, I, I'm glad it's not because like I'm kind of a fan of like the chaos when it comes to the playoff. Um, like it's it's so interesting to watch because there's there's a million different avenues that can be taken to see who gets in. It's really it's really interesting to watch. Let me throw a hypothetical at you guys. All right, Georgia wins out. Ohio State wins out. Washington wins out. Oklahoma wins out. Florida State wins out. Playoff. I think Florida State's missing Yeah, I would say. Out. You would say Florida State's out? I would. I, I would. That's great. In a very I mean, weak. In a very weak ACC conference with one loss, and it was, are they, did they lose? To, God damn, I'm tripping. Florida, Florida State, LSU at the beginning of the year, how'd that turn out? Florida State beat them. They beat them. They pretty handily by 21. But Florida yeah. State right now, their best win is the LSU game. Yeah. And LSU looks okay right now. Um, you guys want to hear a hot take? But that, that would be five undefeated teams. Right, all conference winners too. All conference winners for a fourteen playoff hot take. Georgia's left out. 
There's no way, bro. There's no. I I I, w- I would agree that they should be, but there's no shot. If you go by resume and strength of schedule, Georgia's the team that should be left out. I agree. There's I, no, but they're there's the no back- way they leave a back-to-back championship winner undefeated exactly. conference out of the playoffs. Yeah, there's no, no they chance. They want it. They want it. But I would be screaming about it. <laughs> I, would be, I would be loving that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. They are a very underwhelmed team this this year, yes. And especially with the Brock Bowers news and everything. Um, I mean, that's basically that's percent of their offensive production right there. So out of those I five think, teams, yeah, they, they would be the least deserving out of Do we think Georgia – does Georgia – like, do they win out? Because I don't know if they do. Like, Brock Bowers – about outside of a quarterback, like that's about as bad of a a loss or yeah. as significant of a loss as you can have in college football right now. Um, you know, they play they play Florida at home this week, and then they go. Uh, they get Missouri at home and Ole Miss at home. They're gonna two weeks, and then they go out Tennessee. They're gonna end up playing four yeah. ranked opponents. Before before seasons ends, including the um, SEC champion or SEC championship. So, yeah, I mean, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, it's going to be. Like, are you saying like that, that they could lose, or are you saying to boost their resume? No, I'm saying like if they go undefeated, they're going to have to beat either probably Alabama or LSU, who you would have to assume is going to be ranked in the SEC champion or in the yeah. SEC championship. Yes. So they're going to they're going to have four more ranked wins say they went out like there's there's no chance that they get left out but they you know what would be funny it, it would be funny if they lost one of these games to like Ole Miss or Tennessee and then beat Bama in the SEC championship game and there's four undefeated power five teams and the SEC gets left out of the playoff that would be hysterical I would, I would that would love that that would be fucking awesome they, every SEC every, everyone south of like Kentucky would be screaming about uh, team playoff, how it should be this year and stuff. It'd be great to to, to watch unfold for sure. Yeah, um, Trent, I need to ask you a question though. So I'm looking at our or our conference uh, champion graphic, which you can find on Twitter, take for take underscore. By the way, Gage and I went with Florida State in the ACC. You went with Clemson. Obviously, Clemson is mathematically eliminated. Not mathematically, but there there's a very high chance that they're they're out of contention. Is there a world? Do you see Florida State like slipping up at all, or do you see them winning winning the rest of the year? Well, I want to address uh, the Clemson thing first because do you guys see what Dabo said this week? How he's like told his fans like bandwagon fans yeah he just told his fans to fuck off like like sometimes you you lose it's it's honestly it's very it's very uh i'm loving it i'm loving i'm loving to see Dabo and clemson and shambles although i did pick him to win the the conference i that was more so i was doubting florida state but i mean i mean talk about an easy schedule florida state this might be the reason gauge where they get left out because they get duped this week at home with, with no Riley Leonard, we don't think. Questionable. So, yeah, I, I don't think he plays, honest, given the nature of that ankle injury. Um, 
But then, I mean, you get Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Miami at home, North Alabama, sure. And then uh, at Florida, which could be tricky the way Graham Mertz is playing down there um, all, all of a sudden. But I don't see them slipping up. I think they, they got through their slip-up games. The college game they could have lost. They pulled that one out. And then, to be honest, the Clemson game outplayed for the majority of that game. They didn't have a lead until overtime. And um, you know, Keon Coleman and the boys really stepped up then and, and – so I think Florida State is pretty much good to go. They're going to play. The, the interesting thing about the two best ACC teams don't play each other in the regular season. Correct. This, and that's what I was just about to ask you, where, <clears throat> say, North Carolina wins out. So North Carolina and Florida State are both sitting there on their feet in the ACC championship, and North Carolina wins. Now North Carolina's name gets has to be thrown in the mix, right? If like a North Carolina, an undefeated North Carolina conference champ would get in over a one-loss Georgia or a one-loss Alabama champion. Are you asking if they would? Alabama, let's say Georgia runs the slate and is undefeated in the SEC championship game. And Alabama obviously wins the rest of their games. Beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. They're a one-loss SEC champ. I mean, the committee is going to be the committee is going to be pushing to get that in so hard. <laughs> they're going to be in, they're going to be in shambles. The committee is going to be like, but it's Alabama. We have to. Like, imagine them leaving out a one like a conference champion Alabama with only one loss. Like, again, the, the SEC and, and Bama boys down there would explode. Their heads would explode. Great to see. That'd be phenomenal to see. Um, like I said earlier, we both have Georgia and Ohio State locked in as our two seeds, or as our top two seeds in the playoff. A game that's happening on Saturday is going to decide, not really decide who makes playoff, but it's going to kind of give this who, the winner of that game easy navigation into at least a Big Ten championship game. And that's going to be Ohio State and Penn State, who Trent, you have Penn State as your fourth seed. Right now, so if I'm looking at this and assuming correctly, you would have Ohio State beating Penn State this weekend, and then Penn State beating Michigan next week, or not next week, but later on in the season. Correct? Yeah, but so this is the interesting thing about that is I don't I don't even know and. I think this game actually doesn't have that much of uh, impact Big Ten Championship because they all have to play each other. That's true. So let's say every team wins at home. Brought this up in, on our preview. There would be a three-way tie with those three teams, 11-1. and one. Um, Going into the season, it looked like, looked like Ohio State was like in the driver's seat to win that tiebreaker. But now it's it's looking like Penn State would win the tiebreaker because it goes to it goes to the fifth tiebreaker, which is outside division opponent record, conference opponent record, right? Conference record, yeah. So the conference outside division division or conference record makes sense. Basically, it comes down to it came down to that Iowa Wisconsin game last week. 
And the fact that Iowa won and Penn State has to place Iowa, Ohio State plays Wisconsin, that really hurt Ohio State's chances for the three-way tie. So, so there's a scenario where Ohio State beats Penn State, Penn State beats Michigan, Ohio, Michigan beats Penn beats Ohio State, and then Penn State would go to the Big Ten championship game. I think that screws Ohio State big time, actually, the more I think about that. As if the committee wants to get two Big Ten teams in, in the playoff, like Penn State, who won the conference, and then they would have to decide between Michigan and Ohio State, and Michigan would have beaten Ohio State in that situation. I don't see a world where two Big Ten teams get in, regardless of, yeah. who, of who they are. I don't, I don't either. It's because, and Gage, it's because you mentioned it earlier, it's because of the stupid fucking divisions, and we have to yeah. deal with the SEC West bullshit. That's what I'm saying. If there's no, in, in no world are the college football playoff committee sitting in a room bashing heads about what other Big Ten one-loss team they should put in. That's never going to happen. It's never, I mean, it's happened with Ohio State in the past, but that if there is a situation where it's going to be a one-loss SEC champion over a one-loss non-Big Ten champion, there's no, there's no way that they put another Big Ten school in there. I would love to see it because I think the three big big teams in the Big Ten are significantly better than, I mean, most fucking teams right now. Like yeah. I put Michigan and Ohio State up against anybody, and I think they'd win. No, I agree, hundred percent. Um, let's kind of put a let's kind of put a, a bow on this playoff talk, at least for now. I think we're gonna do this probably every episode moving forward. To be honest with you, but playoff start tomorrow, right? And uh, there's what happens on Saturday isn't like doesn't matter. Who who's your four right now in your playoff? You're basically saying who's the best four college football teams as of today. Who, who's in your playoff? Not necessarily who's the best, but who is in your playoff right now? If the committee, like, committee released their rankings, who would be one, two, three, and four? Who, in your opinion, who should be one through four, yes. Who? Well, I don't think Georgia should be one because they haven't, they haven't looked that great. And B, the Brock Bowers injury is just devastating. Is he out for the year, by the way? He's going to be out most that- likely the regular season, yeah. Yeah, they're hoping to get him back by the SEC champion or the playoffs. He's having some minor surgery on his ankle. Yeah, so it's kind of like the JSN thing last year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I think um. I think Michigan is probably one, just based on, not based on like strength of schedule, but how dominant they look. So, here we go. I got mine. I got mine right here. Right, I got Michigan one. Michigan one. Washington two. Washington two. Florida State three. And it's it, it, it's really close. Four, five, and six. But um, I I mean I have to. But I'm giving Ohio State four, and Oklahoma five. But I I, I would be okay, or like I would understand if someone put Oklahoma four. In Ohio State five. I think, I think my thought on, or go ahead, Gage. Sorry. 
I was going to say, I think you could put any of those four teams anywhere in the top four, and it, it could be right in anybody's eyes. I think those are the best four teams as of today. And it hurts to say that Georgia is because the way they've looked all season, you would you would think otherwise, but you have to you have to throw them in there. Yeah, I think um, really quick thoughts on Ohio State. I think if Ohio State beats Penn State on Saturday, I think they have best resume in college football. They probably should be the number one team. Maybe I don't know. Probably not. But, I mean, they have two top ten wins. So, or top ten when Notre Dame was, was in the top ten. Nobody else has two top ten wins. Um, so I think you can make that case. And then also, because of that three-way tie scenario, I, I, in my head, that kind of fucks Ohio State. I think if you're a State fan and you beat Penn State, you have to root for Michigan to also beat Penn State. Avoid that. I agree. Because then, even if then you have a slimmer hope, if, if Ohio State does lose to Michigan, that they could still get in because their only loss is to undefeated Michigan. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be it'll be a little bit easier to do moving forward. But let's preview a few of these games. The first one I want to start with is the one you just mentioned, Trent. Penn State going to Columbus, uh, taking on Ohio State. Believe it or not, this is the first time. First meeting all time between these two teams where they're both 6 0 or better. Found that today. That was pretty hard to believe. But um, if you uh, if you watch Joel Klatt's YouTube show, um, I think it's called Break the Huddle. He he did a deep dive into this game and he didn't, he didn't steal anything from me, but I kind of was like kind of on the same wavelength with him in terms of. You know keys to the game and like what to watch for, and it's the Penn State defense versus Kyle McCord and the group of receivers, right? It's because Marvin what he went for ten for one eighty something last year and just torched them. What it felt like every time he ran a route, right? It's just how the play calling for Ohio State is going to determine who wins this game. Like, let's be honest. I think Ohio State is a better team we on paper. We could say that. Huh? We could say that for every single game <laughs> that Ohio State plays. Like, I, mean, yeah. I feel like we, that's our like analysis for every game. It's like the play call. Ryan Day is his head out of his ass. Like we're we're gonna be good. But yeah, but I'm confident. I'm confident in this one because it's like we like last year we showed or they showed what Penn State's defense is susceptible to. Right? They, they their their weakness is their secondary. Right, and their defense this year is really fucking good. I mean, they're top three in pretty much every defensive stat and category that you look at. But they they have, haven't played anybody, so it's like if you get eighteen the ball, you don't really need to rely on the run game. I just there's a lot. I'm looking at a huge page of notes that I have for this game, and I'm I'm kind of starting to think that like all that shit kind of needs to get thrown out the window, and. Just Ohio State just needs to play 2023 Ohio State football, which is play defense and Kyle McCord make timely, smart throws. And Ohio State would be perfectly fine. I can really see this game coming down to a big turnover late in the game. Um, Because obviously we know these defenses are unreal. I mean, Penn State's top five and 
any defensive metric you can look for. Um, and yeah, you got two unexperienced quarterbacks playing in the biggest game of their lives. And I really think I, I don't have, I don't know. We're not really talking picks or anything yet, but I, I love the under in this game because I think the play calling is going to be very conservative to try to avoid that big mistake that could ultimately lead to lead to who wins the game. Um, especially with, and Buka still being questionable. I'm not sure if you guys have an update on that, if he's going to play or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a phenomenal game. We were just talking about before the sorry, wish that this would be a night game. Even kickoff is cool and all, but like, there's nearly there's not nearly enough night games in Columbus, and it's such a it's such a shame to that fan base and, and to to where they don't get to play under the bright lights. But I mean, yeah, you 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 said everything that I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I do love big noon kickoff, but I feel like um, I feel like it should be like we need to be playing like I don't know, like Michigan State on big noon kickoff. Like that's that's cool. Someone, someone maybe someone better than Michigan State, but like someone not like top ten matchup, um, which I know it's never it's never going to change. But actually, this week it, it does benefit me because I'm playing Saturday night, so the. Uh, the big noon saved me for this weekend, which I'm pretty pumped about. But I, I went back and forth about this game. First of all, like I agree with I am so pumped for this game. And I think it's gonna be a really competitive game. When you look last year, Austin, and you mentioned it, like I went back and watched highlights from last year's game in Happy Valley. And um, the one thing that concerns me around is like CJ Stroud was so fucking good in that game. Like, he was absolutely precise and surgical and just dominated the whole game. Um, that and JT T dominated as well on the defensive side of the ball. But I remember that game where he had, like, recovery, a pick six, and another touchdown, like three sacks, a bunch of other shit. So, um, but what gives me hope, this time around is this is obviously the, the biggest test for a really young Penn State team. Drew Heller um, has 15 touchdowns, zero interceptions this year, but this is his first like true road game. No way Northwestern on the road. So that's not going to compare to going into the shoe and facing a top 10 team. So um, I think we have the experience edge. I think uh, given the fact that Oller's never been in this environment before, I think that we should be able to build a lead and then lean on these at that point. So that's where I'd feel good about it. And again, it's going to come down to Ryan Day calling a great game and McCord, you know, executing and getting better and better like he's been. So I feel pretty good about it. Turns me that there's no CJ, but um, we get him at home and they is, is really talented, but they're super young. So that's my thoughts. Yeah. And I know we've about oh, one real quick also. I know we've talked about like the coaching matchups and play calling and everything, but I, I, I don't think there's like a huge advantage on either side when it comes to coaching. Like we know Ryan Day can't win the big game, blah, blah, blah. But you look on the other side and um, I mean, neither can they, they haven't won. I don't think they've beaten Ohio state since 2016. Right. Um, um, what's his name? James Franklin yeah, is one and eight correct. against Ohio State. 
Yeah, so it's not like there's a huge discrepancy when it comes to to, to coaching matchup. I think there's a huge advantage in college football, way more than NFL. That, that's obvious. That goes without saying. But, but like I said earlier, this is going to come down to who who can get us or who's going to make a mistake first and who's going to capitalize on that mistake. And it's hard to say that you trust McCord more than you do Allard, but when it comes down to it, I think him being at home and hopefully Abuka's back and him having the, the safety cushions that, that they have outside um, can play into his advantage. But like you said, Austin, just play Ohio State football. Ground and pound as much as you can until you get an open shot down the field and take it when, when it's there. Um, I don't want to see like another uh, another abysmal play calling like we did at Notre Dame. Um, I mean, that's going to make all of our out before halftime hits so i'm super pumped i'm super excited this is another huge test um that ohio state i don't think they need but this would this would definitely slap a lot of people in the face and, and put some respect on their name for sure yeah final thing or my final thoughts and then we can move on i got a ton of confidence in kyle mccord and ryan day in this game i mean yeah kyle mccord is no cj stroud right and he's no justin fields we get that and if you haven't, as an Ohio State fan, or really a college football fan in general, if you haven't accepted that by now, then I don't really know what to tell you, right? People were kind of saying that when C.J. Stroud, since he was a pure pocket passer, people were panicking, frantic that he couldn't run, yada, yada, all this other stuff. Kyle McCord is, like, really quietly having a good year, right? I mean, these numbers aren't going to, like, jump out at you, but, like, he's got 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, and one interception, and he's completing passes at a 65% clip. He's top 10 in QBR. So it's like he's not going to be Heisman caliber quarterback, throw for 4,500 4, yards and 30 touchdowns. Like he's good. Like Colin McCord is good, he, but he's not going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game. And this Ohio State defense, I say week in and week out, is the best defense I have ever seen in my lifetime as an Ohio State fan. And when I say play 2023 Ohio State football, literally means rely on your defense, which I don't think I ha- have ever been able to say as an Ohio State fan. Like, think, Well, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. What? Do you think there's no way this defense is better than the championship? Yeah, the championship defense or the 2019 defense with Chase Young and Jeff Akuda. Like, would, as good as JT is and, and stuff, like we don't have like a – dominant sack guy um, but that's the thing I mean, like the thing about like the corners and the set and the, and the dbs that came like denzel ward marshawn Lattimore, malik hooker like that's crazy that's a crazy right yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm out of name i mean uh, if you do a, a guy off like a name for name sure those teams are going to be better but like statistically looking at it this is one of the best ohio state defenses in recent memory like sure, I mean JTT or JT two and Mulau, Jack Sawyer and all these guys aren't getting the sack numbers, but they're causing disruption in the backfield. They're getting quarterback pressures. Like, like our defense is elite. Like it's elite. It, no, it is. It is the defense, but I don't think it compares to the defenses under like Urban Meyer um, at those like blue chip stud players. I, I, I think. I think. I think you can give a lot of credit to Jim Dole for his scheme here um, and stuff. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how they play against top, top offenses and stuff because, I, I mean, I saw 
I saw those teams shut down, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Bama trouble and all this stuff. I mean, the, the Ohio State had some studs defensively. No, I agree. Bosa, I, mean, I agree. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get a graphic out there comparing this defense to, to years past. But final thing, we'll move on. Um, this Penn State offense is nowhere near elite, in my opinion. At least they haven't shown it yet. Um, Drew Aller is good, but he's not elite right now. And they're 127th in the country in explosive uh, play rate. I mean, they got 83 plays of 10 or uh, 83 plays of 10 plus yards, which is 85th in the country. And they have one play of 40 plus, which is damn near at the bottom, 133rd in the nation. Offensively, they ground and pound, and I don't think going into Columbus and averaging four to five yards a game or four, four to five yards a play with these long extended drives is going to win your football game. I just don't. That's me. I think Ohio State will be just fine in this game. Next game, um, I kind of want to queue up before we get into some of these picks, is Alabama and Tennessee. This line, I believe, currently sits at nine, eight and a half, nine-ish. I'll pull that up here in a second. But um, eight and a half is what I'm looking at. Tennessee has lost 27 straight road games against top 15 teams. And we, we, we the three of us, know how bad this Bama offense is, or at least compared to to the past. Um, I think ten- Tennessee could, could win this game. I'm not betting real money on this game at all, but um, ten- Tennessee's top five in the nation in terms of sacks, and Bama is 130th in the country in terms of sacks allowed. Hey, do you want to you take this? Um, I mean... This isn't the most intriguing matchup as if we were looking at it like last year, the years previous. We see this on paper in the past, and we go, holy shit, like, like buckle up. It's either going to be an Alabama blowout, or this is going to be a really good game. Um, last, remember year, last year, yeah. last year Tennessee won 52-49. Um, absolute fireworks. I do remember that trend. That was crazy. Um, but this year, I mean, I, I, I know we, we've seen – We've seen the little spurts and of here and there with Jalen Milton and um, not yeah, J- Milrow. Yes, Milrow. Um, what's up? Combine the two QBs, Jalen yeah. Milton. Jalen Milton. Um, I mean these, these Joe these, these these teams' identities are just completely different. Of what they of what we're used to. Um, I know you said we're not doing picks, Austin, but again, I'm leaning, I'm leaning under in this side. You can absolutely um, give your picks just, if you want. Okay, yeah, as, as an under, an under lean here, um, I'm seeing the number at forty-seven and a half. Um, so since the since the two losses from these teams, um, Bama, I think Bama's defense is the, the biggest difference maker in this game. Um, since the loss to Texas. They haven't given up more than twenty-one points a game, and they've barely given up three hundred yards a game. And I mean that includes games against Ole Miss, who has a very explosive offense. Um, Mississippi State, A and M, and Arkansas also pretty, pretty tough SEC contenders there. And then Tennessee on the same argument there. Since their loss to Florida, they haven't had a game where they've given up more than twenty. So I think this is a game where if they're if Tennessee does have the ball on the road, they're going to try to limit possessions from Bama. They're going to ground and pound, and same with Alabama when they have the ball. Um, I don't think they're going to put Jalen Milton in, or 
Jeez, I did it again, Trent. I don't think they're going to put Milrow in positions to uh, <laughs> to uh, to cause have to throw the ball. Like I think this is going to be a very a very sweat free under. I'd be surprised if it even hit forty. Um, but yeah, this is just a. I know it's a top twenty matchup, but it's a very underwhelming underwhelming matchup. Um, if you're asking me, can you imagine the arm that Jalen Milton would have? <laughs> a fucking yeah, cannon. So 150 yards, man. There's so many like Jalen Milton, <laughs> Hilton, like Milrow, Daniels, Jaden Daniels, Jalen Daniels. There's so many names that are all the same. So it's, yeah. It's Final little uh, nugget I have from this game. Um, Josh Prate podcast, really good college football analyst, knows what he's talking about. But um, this came from that. Jalen Milrow passing this year. On throws under 20 yards, he's completing them at 65%, 662 yards, two touchdowns, and all four of his interceptions on throws less than 20 yards, 6.6 yards per attempt. Your balls that are, or pass attempts that are 20 plus yards, 60, almost 62%, 737 yards, nine touchdowns, and zero picks. Trent, I know you can he he throws one of the sexiest deep balls ever, and he is a dead eye. He is so accurate on those deep throws. Yeah, no, I mean that's what that's what it seems like when you're watching him. Like if if he throws a deep ball, and I have I have, I have money on whoever they're playing, I get nervous. If he throws it anywhere else, you know I'm I'm pumped for. Remember you know, the possible. <laughs> so. Remember the the uh, the Texas game. When he threw the one and it went off the screen. Or no, no, was that Quinn Ears? One of them threw that it. Was, that, was, yeah, that was Quinn. He threw it off the screen and it just landed in the receiver's just breadbasket right in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, I'm pretty sure, is his mentor, the way he throws the deep ball. It makes sense. But um, let's move into some of these picks. Trent, I know you got no official picks right now. You're still kind of filing through the slate. But, Gage, you just touched on the Alabama under – we're recording this Thursday night. It is currently 6.15. Um, James Madison and Marshall. This game is on Thursday night. I have action on this game. This line has actually gone up. Uh, this afternoon it was 3.5. I'm looking at 4.5. Um, I have action on this, but Gage, I'll let you go first. And let the, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, both of these bets have cashed. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any action on that FCS school, um, but... Yeah, I mentioned the Alabama under. Oh, I'm tripping uh, then. Never mind. I thought you said you had action on this game. <laughs> no, I, I definitely why do not. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you tell us who's going to win? Since, since this game will already be wrapped up by the time everybody listens. Yeah. Tell oh. us the score and who's going who's gonna to cover. So this is actually, believe it or not, this is actually a really good football game. <laughs> James Madison is really oh, is. James oh, Madison is really good. Um, I think they're they're ranked twenty sixth in the AP. They are James Madison oh. win if they win Thursday night and they will be ranked next week. I, I truly believe that. Um, I think James Madison wins, but Marshall covers the four and a half. Marshall's also really good, but my play in this game is Marshall's quarterback Cam Faulkner over two hundred and twenty six and a half passing yards. And the reason behind that, actually, you can get two twenty six and a half on DraftKings. Fanduel, I believe, is two forty five, but. This game's really interesting because James Madison is 123rd in the nation against the pass, but they're number one against the rush. 
and Marshall is like top 10 against the pass, but bottom tier versus the run. So the defenses kind of play into the strengths of the opposing team's offense, right? So, But Marshall's quarterback, I got him over 226 and a half passing yards. He's hit this number in four of six games this year. James Madison has given up at least 227 yards in five straight games. The only game they haven't done it is Bucknell, game one of the year. That's whatever. It's fucking Bucknell. But I expect this game to be close. I expect Marshall to throw the ball a lot. So I, I love, love Cam Faulkner over 20, or 226 and a half passing yards. My bad, Gage. I, I, I could have I could, I sworn you said you had action on this game. I'm sorry. No, leave it to you to, to bet an FCS school versus a Mac school. It, it only it only makes sense if you're the one doing it. So I'm not I'm not surprised you have action on this game. This is probably my favorite bet of the weekend. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> the 226 compared to 245. That's a huge difference in I, terms of the book. I was originally looking at FanDuel and DraftKings had it at 226 and a half. FanDuel currently right now has it 241 and a half. So DraftKings knows something that we don't. They do. So, hammer it. But going through... DraftKings is a sponsor, so we can't really use them. Fair. But let's look at Saturday slate. Um, I have two more picks that I'm officially on right now. Um, My three final ones will be... We'll put those out on uh, Saturday morning. But I'm going to go with another prop on Saturday. And it's going to be in the South Carolina-Missouri game. I'm going to go Luther Bird and the receiver from Missouri over 102.5 receiving yards. Um, statistically speaking, he's the best receiver in the country. He's gone over this line five or seven games this year. I expect it to be close. And Missouri's offense, Brady, forgetting his, his last name, Brady Cook, oh. Cook slings the rock. Um, I expect Luther Bird to be open a lot. South Carolina has given up 100 yards to three – 100 yards to a single receiver in three straight games. And they're also 127th against the pass. So I like Luther Burden over 102 and a half receiving yards. Two player props this fucking weekend in college. Let's fucking go. I see South Carolina's defense, pass defense, 259th. 200, was- 259th? No shot. What? They give up 320 yards on the in, through the air. They're horrible game. against the pass. I know that. Look at you going down the player props for for the college route. Got to win the people money, man. You don't you don't you don't solidify first place without doing deep dives. Oh please, you take money lines that are minus 180. That's why you're in first place. You guys are solid. Meanwhile, Convince me to take uh, the fucking spread and it's still cast, losers. Meanwhile, yeah, there you go. You, you grew a little. That's why I told you to do it. Right. Let's look at the the lowest total on the board this week. To no one's surprise, Um, Iowa Minnesota barely cracking the thirties. Thirty and a half at the over under. (laughs) I'm seeing, and this is going to be another play of mine. And it's the under. Um, You want stats? I'm not giving it to you. Um, Iowa's playing football, and the under is going to smack like it has all year. And it's not like they're playing some big powerhouse team either. So. Excuse me. So, the under 30 and a half is another play of mine. Tail it. Win some money. If not, um, you will be ashamed. And then I'm going to go. What's up? 
really quick, I need that total to get to 29 and a half or something by game that, time. That, that is, that'd be insane. That's hilarious. That's insane. That 30 and a half. And, and Iowa lost their best, uh, their best weapon uh, yeah. for the season. Uh, Eric All, their tight end. Like yeah, the so- only the only good player on their offense. Yeah. Uh, um, Mac, they're, it, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't know. It, the Big Ten, <laughs> the Big Ten West, just is so depressing. That that's gonna be a game where you lock in your bet and you don't watch a single second of it because you will be asleep before the first quarter is over. Um, another play in that game, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm on the fence of either full game under or first half under, just because later in the game defenses might get a little tired, a little sluggish. But I mean, see, I'm sure that first half total was like is like 15, and that is sickening to look at. Thinking just above two touchdowns is, is going to lose you a bet um, in the first half. But I mean, again, it's Iowa football. That's how they play. Um, they're a reason why they're first in the West. So take a guess. Take a guess. I'm, I'm, look, at, I'm looking at the first I'm half at, total right now. I'm going to say 15 and a half or 16. 14 and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can see that. <laughs> that is crazy. Three, nothing or not, three nothing. Six to three at halftime. You know we're getting the uh, screenshot on Twitter or whatever where it's like. Punt, punt. Plays. Yeah, it's punt, 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 punt. And it's zero, zero with eight minutes to go in the second quarter. Like, you know that we're around. 50. What time is that game? What time is that game? 3.30. Great. It's 3.30 game. Yeah. So, <laughs> great. On NBC. Who the fuck is watching that game? Like, that... I can't believe that thing's on NBC. Um, Dang. By the way, like, can we talk about NBC and how horrible their broadcast is? No, because it's fucking like, atrocious. It's, it's so depressing that the Big Ten... Is like struck a deal with that, and we have to watch their their broadcasters because it puts me to sleep. Like it's so yeah, bad. It's it's horrible. And also, Notre Dame game. We play. I played Notre Dame. Like, I get it. Like Notre Dame is like they own Notre Dame or whatever the network. It, like, could you make it more obvious that <laughs> who you wanted to win? Gage knows yeah. how. Gage knows how flustered I was watching that game. Guys. A game. It's not like it's a regional game. So it's like, what the fuck? So I hate NBC <laughs> for college football. Fair enough. Let me give you my final play right now of the weekend. Um, I'm going back to the Pac-12, going with my Huskies. I am taking Washington and Arizona State over 60 and a half. Um, Washington has gone over this number in four of six games. Arizona State scored 24 plus in three straight games. And Washington has given up 24 in three straight games. Why is that important? Because I see Washington putting up 40-plus here. So I'm banking on Arizona State scoring three touchdowns or right around 20 points by themselves. So if they can do that, I think this game goes over pretty easily, honestly. And I'm also leaning. I haven't played these yet, but I'm looking at them really, really hard. Um, Baylor plus three and a half. In Nippert Stadium against the Bearcats. Um, say what you want. Call me a hater. Do whatever you want. But um, in no world right now should you see football be favored against anybody. I don't care how bad Baylor is. Um, they should not be favored 
again in this game, in my opinion. And I'm also looking at Nebraska minus 11 and a half versus Northwestern. Um, another 330 kick. Uh, ugly game, yes, but Northwestern stinks. Um, three of us, one of us could go play quarterback right now for them if we wanted to. Um, I think this is this got like 24 to 10, 24 to 7, kind of written all over it. So no official plays yet, but I'm kind of looking at Baylor and Nebraska. Gage, you got any more picks? Well, do you guys know, really quick, do you guys know what game is just like staring at me? And I feel like it's like a sick joke that these two teams are playing each other. What? At 7 p.m. I could not stop staring at Texas Tech at BYU. Like, this game was made for me to lose a bet on. <laughs> it just was. <laughs> and I don't know what side I'm going to play, but I think I have to play it just because I feel like I've bet on these teams quite a lot and lost each time. And obviously, I was high on Texas Tech before the year. But Texas Tech is um, short favored on the road, giving three points heading to BYU. So, I don't know, man. These teams have let me down so much this year. Whatever you're feeling, have the most confident play in the world and just take the opposite. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I don't have any I, – I, I stare at it, and I'm like, oh, I kind of like BYU. And then I go, oh, actually, Texas Tech I just can't get a read on it. Can't. Um, you might be the only person in the country trying to get a read. Yeah, no shit, right? All right, Gage, run through your plays right now in the college ranks, and then we'll dive into these handful of co- uh, pro games. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I just give you guys a couple, a couple more leans. Um, I mentioned Texas on the road at Houston, laying twenty three and a half, um, coming off of a bye week, coming off of a terrible loss against Oklahoma. I think these boys are going to be fired up. Like I mentioned earlier, style points from here on out for the Longhorns is is going to play huge dividends when it comes down to college football ranks. So I expect them to do what they need to do, win by more than three possessions and, and cover that spread. So just a lean. Um, and then last lean that I have looking, looking forward for Saturday is, like I said, Florida State at home against a Riley – Leonard List team, we're assuming um, for Duke. Um, I don't know. The, I don't know if you guys were tuned in last week when they played North Carolina State. But oh yeah, it was. Absolutely no way did they win that game. And their backup Henry Bellin completed four passes. They were one of nine on third down. Had eight first downs. They got outgained total yardage, and they won that game pretty handily, twenty four to three. Um, they also let North Carolina State possess the ball for over 37 minutes. So looking at the numbers, you would think that the score was reversed. And I think if they do any of that same stuff, and I don't see them changing much because they, they're still going to have Henry Bellin behind the center. Um, I think they give up 50 points before Florida State. And I think this is a, a very bad spot for Duke and a great spot for Florida State. I know Johnny Wilson's probable, um, and Keon Coleman's playing the best ball he's ever played. That catch last week was absolutely fucking insane. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 can see Florida, I can see Florida State winning by, by more than two touchdowns, just a lean. I'll probably make an official play when we tweet out Saturday morning, but those are just a couple. And then, obviously, the, the under in the Bama game and the under in the Iowa game as well. 
Um, Duke's defense is, is really good. I'm not I'm not gonna have any action on the game, so I'm not gonna be against you. But just they have they just haven't they just haven't played a team like Florida State. Fair enough. Um, I got three official plays right now. Two leans. The two leans, like I just mentioned, Baylor plus three and a half um, in Nippert Stadium against UC. Nebraska minus 11 and a half at home against Northwestern. Um, my three official plays that I have locked in Washington over Washington and Arizona State over uh, 60 and a half. Luther Burden, receiver from Missouri, over 102 and a half receiving yards. And then Cam Faulkner tonight, Marshall's quarterback, over 226 and a half passing yards. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to that, that is a cash. Let's move to the NFL. Um, we were kind of talking before we started recording that the slate's not really the greatest. But there are a handful of games we want to talk about. The first of which being Trent, your Brownies, going to Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew now the starter with Richardson being done for the year. Browns are laying three and a half on the road. The over-under set at 40 and a half. Yeah, but this is... Uh... This is going to be an official play. I bet it earlier in the week. I got the Browns at minus two. I just like the spot for the Browns. I think I do too. I think they're still a little undervalued with that defense. And, you know, Gardner Minshew has uh, three interceptions last week. He's actually like tied for like fifth in the NFL with early plays, despite, you know, like playing as a backup and not playing every game and so far. Um, I thought the Browns found a little bit on the on the ground against the Niners, which surprised me. Uh, they were able to run the ball, so that was encouraging. Dewan Jones, the, the rookie out of Ohio State, Browns drafted in the fourth round, has been an animal. Really dominated Nick Bosa last week that no one seems to be talking about. So we still don't know, still don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to play. He did practice today. Um, I liked it either way, P.J. Walker or Deshaun Watson. I think if Deshaun Watson has announced that he's going to be playing, this is this line's going to go even higher. In them at two earlier in the week, um, you know, if P.J. Walker plays, I expect that line to be about two. But if Deshaun plays, you know, you're getting probably a couple extra points. Um, yeah, give me the Browns here, man. They're going to keep the momentum rolling. I think that defense is legit, legit. And uh, as much as I, I'm a big Gardner Minshew guy, I don't think he's seen anything like like the Browns so far. So, the Browns. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to make that a play of mine right now. Um, <clears throat> I am going to get it at three. I'm going to take Browns minus three, and solely because of that defense. Uh, they've proven week in and week out that they're one of the best units in the NFL. So, I harp everything, or I back up everything that you just said, Trent. Give me Browns minus three. Let's move. Yeah, I like the I like the under in that game. If anything, side's so kind of tricky. Um, obviously, you give the advantage to Cleveland, um, but I think forty and a half. I was not I was not expecting to see this game in the forties at all. Um, so under forty and a half is a lean, not an official play yet. But you guys kind of harped on it. I don't see any world Minshew moving the ball against that defense. Let's move to the NFC South. Believe it or not, you want to what? You want to really guess, really quick guess the Thursday night game? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Let me get, let's guess that real quick. That line's also jumped, by the way. Uh, it was Saints minus one and a half. It's minus two and a half now. Um, 
Is Trevor Lawrence playing? So. Yeah, everything I've seen says that he's playing. I'm going to go 20, 22, no, 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 23, 17 Saints. Uh, I guess I'll, go ahead, Gage. I, was, I just asked what yours is. Okay. Um, well, I think the final score is going to be E6. 20 and I think the Saints are going to win this game I am thinking 24 16 Jacksonville 12 straight games for the Saints totals gone under so just I'm also saying Doug Peterson's undefeated on Thursday night in his coaching career uh oh but you guys didn't know that nugget, did you? Nah, fuck them. Go Saints. Let's stay in the AFC or NFC South. Can't see that gra- the picture you're showing us because it's completely off the screen, but that's cool too. Sa- Sa- I, I saw it. I saw the game. I got you. The battle for first place in the NFC South. Not the Saints. Falcons going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay laying two and a half at home, minus 142 on the money line. Um, one of the smallest totals of the weekend 37 and a half i have no play no action here this is a stay as far away game as i possibly can for me yeah trent was the one who had action on this this is another another spread where the falcons are involved and it's less than a field goal so i'm not going to get into my rant like i did last week i'm glad they got exposed like they should have at home as a less than field goal favorite so them only catching two and a half on the road um, doesn't seem right. So if I had to take a side, it'd be Bucks. But Trent, let's, let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, yeah, you kind of um, give a little sneak preview there. I, I, I do like Tampa Bay here at home, uh, giving less than a field goal. Um, you know, despite their loss last week, I thought they had a lot of chances to make that game competitive and even win it. And Baker was just off with his accuracy downfield. Um, they missed Mike Evans a couple of times. Sorry, uh, my dog just tried to burst into my my office. But um, Baker missed missed a couple of throws down the field that um, you know if they hit, maybe it's a different game. The key thing about the Falcons that no one seems to be talking about is the last couple of weeks they run the ball, which is something that we thought they'd be able to do. Um, that that's the one thing that we we almost guaranteed that they'd be able to do before the season well um that concerns me if i'm a falcons fan like the buccaneers at home to bounce back with the two and a half yeah the bucks have also won five of the last six matchups against against atlanta moving to uh a interconference matchup detroit Lions going to baltimore take on the ravens this line Currently sits at three. Um, I've seen it up at three and a half at times. But this is one of the best offenses versus one of the best defenses in the league. Defense being Baltimore Ravens. Offense obviously being Detroit. Um, Something's got to give. Baltimore is uh, top three in terms of scoring and passing defense. Detroit's top five in scoring, top ten in passing. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the over. In this game, um, set at 43, 
and a half, 43 and a half. Um, I can see this game being in the, the mid-20s. Right now, though, I have no no play. I am kind of leaning towards the over, though. Yeah, too many, too many question marks to pull the trigger on this game in terms of injuries, especially on Detroit side. Um, not sure if Dan Montgomery is going to be able to go. Jameer Gibbs is questionable. I mean, we saw Amon Amon Ron St. Brown get injured last week. Um, Laporta was a little banged up, so it's just. It's a little too many, too many um, question marks to, to pick a side yet. If I had to lean, it'd be the home team in Baltimore. Um, but yeah, just too much, too much unknowns right now for me. Yeah, I don't have a play here, Matt. I'm interested to watch this game. The Ravens, if they play to their potential, um, there's a chance that Detroit and Jared Goff could um, kind of implode on the road here. But I don't trust the Ravens to like cover as a favorite, so this is a stay away from me. I think this could be the best game in the weekend, in my opinion. This Baltimore Detroit game. But let's move into the four o'clock window. The on paper one of the better offensive matchups of the weekend. Uh, Kansas City hosting the Chargers. This line currently sits at five and a half in favor of the Chiefs. I have no play here. Um, there's a good, good, good chance um, I'm on the over come Sunday, but right now I have nothing. Chargers here, not sure if it's going to be a play, but it's going to be a lean because they only play games. It doesn't matter who the opponent is, it seems. It doesn't matter you know, the skill level of the opponent, play to their competition. And they could never get too far ahead. They can never fall too far behind. It's just the Chargers' way where they just have to be a game. Usually they lose it or blow it. So, and Casey hasn't been a great favorite as well. And that offense still concerns me. Now, if you're struggling offense, the team you want to see on defense is the. So that might be cure there. But you could say the same thing about the Broncos last week only threw up 19 points and, and really struggled to to finish off drives in that game. So I think this game stays close. And despite the Chargers really don't have a ton of talent side of uh, Keenan Allen on offense, or, um, I think I think this game just is competitive. So I would lean in L.A. here. Yeah, I would I would lean the Chargers, especially catching this many points. Um, I mean, on paper, record wise, and everything, this this number probably fits. But Justin Herbert's play he he plays well in Arrowhead, and he's received a lot of criticism about his performance on Monday Night Football and the accuracy of some of his throws. And he makes a, a few plays here and there, and, and they end up with a win that game. So I think he is in a good spot. He likes playing against the Chiefs. I think they match up well. Um, last three seasons, Herbert is completing passes at a 70% clip, almost 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, and just one interception um, against the Chiefs defense. So I think I think this is a good spot. I'm not saying they win. Um, I can see Casey maybe winning, winning by a field goal. Um, the last few games that these teams have played, um, average margin of victory has been four points. So I think five and a half is a little too much. Not official play yet, but but like you said, Trent, I think, I think the Chargers can keep it close. Yeah, LA is five and one ATS in their last six against Kansas City overall. And 
eight and four ATS in their last twelve road games, and six and one more six and two ATS in their last eight played in Arrowhead. So numbers or the trends kind of back what you guys are saying. I kind of do like the Chargers with the spread there, but if I'm on, I probably won't play a side. Like I said, I'm liking the over, and also I'm kind of liking Mahomes over two eighty four and a half passing yards. Um, Chargers, the worst passing defense in the in I almost said in the country, but in the league. Um, they're absolutely atrocious against the pass, so that's a prop that I will look into. Um, let's move to Sunday night. Got two more games to talk about, Sunday night and then Monday night. Sunday night, the Dolphins, the best Sunday night matchup, in my opinion, so far this week or this year. Dolphins going to Philly. Philly it's are because, – Because the Giants aren't on – it's been on like every fucking exactly, night game. Exactly. Series, that's why it's a big game. Exactly. Philly, two and a half point favorites at home. This over under is the highest of the weekend at 51 and a half. Um, I have no play here. Um, I probably will come Sunday night. I just, I can't really get an, a good read right now as to where I'm at. Yeah, this is, this is, I'm kind of in the same boat, Austin. I mean, I think. I think the over is the play if I had to pick That's kind of what I'm looking at, too. Because I think, you know, we know the Eagles' strength is running the ball and the Dolphins can't stop the run. Vice versa, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to hang with passing attack on Miami. And um, with their guys back and their horses back on the D-line. So I think this game goes over. I mean... Games, do you have their their stats on uh, overs this year? But I think they're, I think they're one on on hitting the over um, this year. So play the over here. I know it's high, but there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Miami is four and two to the over, and Philly is three and three. But the but the overs cashed in five of Miami's last seven games. And five of their last six on the road. Yeah, real quick. Um, I think this is going to be interesting to see how Miami handles a, a front seven like Philly. I mean, obviously they haven't played the toughest schedules yet. Buffalo being their their biggest test, and that was a blowout from the jump. Um, and it looks like Lane Johnson for Philly is going to play, and I think that is going to be my deciding factor whether. I play this um, Philly Lane two and a half or not because the the splits with him on the field and off the field are are damn near ridiculous. I mean, the Eagles. I'm looking at a stat right here. The Eagles are 84 and 48 when he plays and 13 and 22 when he doesn't. Um, so the impact that he makes is tremendous. And I think what Mike McDan- Mike McDaniel's is doing, um, making this team kind of like exciting to watch like you kind of want to tune in and watch what kind of celebration Tyreek or Waddle or these guys are doing um because it feels like they're scoring points just out the wazoo without without any competition but I mean you look at who they beat the Giants Patriots Panthers and the Chargers and the Broncos um all of which are teams that are absolute dumpster fires right now and if you look at the Chargers I mean they're they're kind of on the on the down downhill as well. So I think this is going to be a f- very physical game, which obviously favors Philly. I think it's a bounce back spot for them after a very brutal loss against the Jets last week. Um, but 
Yeah, another question mark that I'll, I'll keep in keep in mind to um, that's going to sway my pick whether I play Philly or not. But I would lean Eagles in a very physical game that is going to favor them. I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm kind of liking the Eagles, but it's kind of hard to bet against the um, bet against the Dolphins. The final score or final game on the card, Gage, your Niners. Um, we need to get your reaction, by the way, to since you weren't on on Tuesday to the to the Browns loss. But San Fran going into Minneapolis Monday Night Football, um, laying seven on the road. The over under set at forty four. Um, obviously, we know how how elite the Niners' defense is. Offensively, they pride themselves on running the football. Minnesota, believe it or not, is kind of solid against the run. They're up in the upper third in terms of yards per game. Um, I probably won't be on a side in this game. Um, I probably won't bet. I'll probably just do some props, honestly. I'm not really loving this game on paper right now. Um, I just I I want to bet San Fran to win by a touchdown. But at the same time, you know, even though primetime Kirk is ass, he just something about something about this game just says stay off. I, I can't really tell what it is. Yeah. Um, you want my reaction to last week? And Please. I don't think I don't, I don't. I don't know if you're going to get it all out of me because I, I've kind of moved on. Um, I, I could throw out the excuse bus and say, oh, we had Debo hurt in the first quarter. Trent Williams got hurt. McCaffrey got hurt. Um, but we – a, put, her, put ourselves in position to win the game with a 40-yard field goal that, no excuse, you, you, you can't miss that kick there, especially when we take you as the first pick in the draft last year. Um, obviously, rookie in a big spot, blah, 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 make the fucking kick, you win the game. Um, and two, they, they, I think it was in the, late in the fourth quarter, it was third and 10, PJ dropped back, tried to throw to Elijah Moore, roughing the passer call, drive extended, um, game-changing game changing stuff. So I don't want to make excuses. Um, we lost to P.J. Walker and the Browns, which shouldn't happen, but we also didn't have our best two playmakers and the best offensive tackle in the league. So I moved on. I expect an absolute slaughter in Minnesota. So, yes, I'm taking, taking San Fran to bounce back by a touchdown. <laughs> All bias is included, 100%. And, um, yes, we will be seeing you at the cashier, at the cashier when, when they win by the by touchdown. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat again. I think get even crazy and take some alt lines here. I just think Minnesota stinks. Um, without Jefferson, that defense isn't good. I think the Brian Flores' defensive game plan playing to Brock Purdy's, Purdy's hands where good about Brock Purdy is he, he's got a quick release. seems to diagnose things pretty quickly and get, get the ball into his playmaker's hands. Um, and if they're going to be bringing seven, eight guys um, after him, I think he can get, get the ball out quick and the Niners are just going to go down the field. And that's even if McCaffrey's not, not there. Still, I still think it's not going to be a close game. So matchup-wise, great, the great... Uh, advantage for the Niners and I think off a loss Shanahan's going to have them boys ready to go and the Vikings are you know they beat the Bears you know 
that's not even a real football team at this point. So the slaughter, I think you can get uh, frisky with alt, alt spreads. Want to go crazy? Minus fourteen and a half, um, something like that. Yeah, real quick. As was while you mentioned the Bears, I know we talk about this game, and there's no reason why we should. But let's rewind. If we talked about Raiders Bears earlier in the year before the season started, and I mentioned to you guys that we were going to see potentially an Aiden O'Connell versus a Tyson Baggett, Bagnet, whatever his last name is, <laughs> matchup in the middle of the year, you guys would have thought. Oh my crazy. God, dude. That game is going to be Gage, 17 to I got 13. bad news for you, Gage. Please say you're not betting it. No, I'm not betting it, but it's not It's not Aiden O'Connell. It's Brian Hoyer. No shit. Well, is it really? That might, be, that might be even worse. Oh, my God. Worse. Holy That's shit. Worse. At least Aiden O'Connell is like a rookie, and it's like you have some – intrigue and you know he was dog at Purdue yeah. and right potential like oh this is Brian Hoyer oh yeah. my god dude I mean I mean but then like it comes down to you, you can trust Brian Hoyer to, to get the ball to the playmakers that they have right you would think so like you think they'd be able to beat the Bears with this Tyson Nugget kid chicken nugget <laughs> at home like, I, remember, yeah. I remember last week they tuned in to Red Zone when Justin Fields went, went out, and this guy came in for his first snap in the NFL, and he got sacked, and they picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that. This dude got blindsided from behind. Ball comes out, and Minnesota picks it up and runs like 40 yards for a touchdown. And this dude's just laying on the ground, and I'm just like, damn. I would probably just retire at that moment. He's a Division two guy, bro. He was like one of the best Division he was one of the best Division two quarterbacks of all time, Tyson Badger. Never. Week seven, man. When we come back for the next episode, we will be more than a third done with the NFL regular season. That's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that is I ridiculous. Us, I remember us previewing week one about how excited we were. And oh, we my are almost, almost a third of the way through. We're, God, you can't kill my excitement right now, though, because no. I am. Like this is the peak, peak time of the year. Like yeah. college football wrap up. Uh, it's the best sport in the world, and playoff baseball full effect. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is top tier. NBA starts next. NBA, NBA starting. Your yeah, guys start next Tuesday. Uh, Warriors, Lakers, and Bucks. Somebody. Yeah, Gage, you'll have to do our, our you'll have the headline our our NBA preview. Or no, Lakers, Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors. Yeah, no, I'm excited good. for that too. Yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up, man. Sports, fall sports is like undefeated in my opinion. I I, I retweet and echo what you guys were just saying. Follow us on Twitter, sports, man. Fall, winter, fall, and then fall. winter, Christmas is is beautiful. But follow us on Twitter. Take four take underscore. Um, we'll have the, the uh, our picks out on Saturday morning, like we always do. Um, hopefully, we'll be tweeting a winner in terms of the Marshall game tonight. But we'll see, man. Go Saints. Go follow us on Twitter. Go football. And we'll catch you boys next week.